You're listening to Around the King's Table, a podcast of the Mount Church in Clemson, South Carolina, with Pastor George Marshall and Pastor Brian Mann. Pull up a chair and listen in as they seek to serve up biblical dialogue for building disciples of Jesus. Welcome to this episode of Around the King's Table. Once again, I'm Brian. And I'm George. George, in our last episode, we talked about evangelism, Mm -hmm. making disciples of Jesus by the open statement of the truth, verbalizing the gospel to unbelievers around us. But now, once one believes, once disciples are made, what should they do? How are they to be built up in the faith Primarily in the Great Commission, Jesus tells us to baptize them. He tells us to teach them. What might that imply as you right. move along in the New Testament? Uh, are they meant to go it alone? Are they meant to wander the world as lone wolf Christians? Are they meant to just make a habit of meeting with unrelated Christians in coffee shops? <laughs> are they meant to pick out a favorite live stream of some corporate worship service and then just tune in from home every Lord's Day, are they meant to simply attend church services without any formal attachment or commitment to a church's life and ministry? Well, today on the podcast, the question we want to ask and try to answer is what's meant by meaningful membership in the local church? Yep. So with that extended introduction, George, (laughs) first and very simply, when should a person become a member of a church? Uh, when they have believed and been baptized. Believed and been baptized. That's it? <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a very short. Of course, we, we, we have to deal with, you know, there's two different settings. Yeah, so there's right. a, a new believer. They're going to want to yeah. become a member as quickly as possible. Um after they've believed. And that involves, mm-hmm. you know, both their you know confession that, hey, I am a Christian. Mm-hmm. And that's most embodied in baptism. Um, but when you have like a, a, a person who's already a believer and maybe they are moving for college or they're moving mm-hmm. for their first job, they're, they're done with college or they're moving because their family situation has changed. You know, they're already baptized. They're already a believer. Um, they need to find a church quick. They need to, to once they get in, in a place, mm-hmm. they need to find a church that they can commit to and really become a part of, become a meaningful member mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a difference between becoming a member of the church universal and a church local? Of of course, there 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 is a, a slight difference. I mean, a, a being mm. a member of the universal church yeah. is is totally you know Christ basically writing his name on you. You are his. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one thing to be a member of the universal church, and another thing to actually live out mm. the commands that both Matthew, mm. Paul, and Peter they, they kind of give us, you can't do those as just a member of the universal church. That's the starting point, mm-hmm. but, but there's more going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But George, listen, isn't church membership an archaic, ultimately unnecessary formality of fundamentalism past acting as a damp towel on the flame of real Christianity? I mean, it's not even in the Bible. Uh, is it? <laughs> 
It is in the Bible, actually. So, I mean, I think the, the, the probably the, the easiest way we could do it is really look to Matthew 18. Um, and Matthew 18 really is is very explicit about, from Jesus, I mean, so we're not talking, if we're talking archaic, we're not talking like <laughs> early church, maybe the Catholic church thought about church membership. We're not talking any of that. We're talking Jesus saying, you know, hey, if a, if a person will not respond to the rebuke of a brother after multiple attempts... Put them outside. Don't don't consider them a Christian. I mean, he's being pretty blunt about the fact that you can be removed from membership, and that that essentially implies membership. Um, what we don't have in Scripture is okay. You know, here's a process for voting on, or here's how you you know vet somebody. Or uh, no, of course the the Bible doesn't approach that because it's God is trying to be open about you know means and manners as times change. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's not going to cover, you know, the, the specific process that we're, we're to go through, but he's pretty clear membership, biblical membership is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a couple of thoughts <clears throat> on my end when it comes to this. Is it in the Bible? Uh, I mean, I think first, I mean, we saw just uh, a week or two ago in First Peter uh, that there is this, this at least a corporate identity to to the people of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not, again, meant, as we mentioned a moment ago, to be sort of these lone wolf Christians kind of going going sure. it alone. Uh, we have a, a an intentional corporate identity from from Christ himself. The first Peter 2, 4 through 10 passage that we talked about in service. Uh-huh. Uh, what you're seeing there is that, you know, we are a, a, a priesthood, right? Not just priests, but priests who are part of a priesthood were stones that are part of a right. building where a chosen race a holy nation a people not just a person but a people for his own possession and so you're seeing this kind of thing in terms of just a corporate identity for for the christian and i guess the the question really then becomes okay well i see that but then how does that lead into a more formal kind of membership with a visible local church and i think yeah. as you move through the new testament uh, you're seeing um Paul, for example, as he's going about and he's sharing the gospel and people are coming to faith mm-hmm. in Christ, that he's then organizing them into organizing, yeah. a, vis- a visible assembly. You have a passage like 1 Timothy 5 where he's yes. instructing about how to handle widows. Mm-hmm. This is something palpable. Yep. You can almost kind of feel the spreadsheet coming yep, up. That's like, right. Are they on the yep. roll? Are they you know, listed as people I'm yep. responsible to minister as a deacon mm-hmm. or elder? Yep. yep. In Acts 2.47, when they've come to faith in Christ and they've been baptized, it says that there was a number... That they were added to. Yep. Almost like there is a, a, a roster that they're being added to. Sure. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2.6, I think, is talking about a, a probably a, a prior case of church discipline. And, and Paul there talks about uh, how this per- particular uh, individual uh, was punished by the majority. Correct. Yeah. So there has to be some some set of... Body. Of, yes, Local right. A body, body where there is now a, a certain set of... A, a number... And there's a majority amongst that number that mm-hmm. has. Um, he even talks about reintroduction and you know future. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's dealing with a, yep. a palpable entity, not just mm-hmm. here. Here's this universal thing that Jesus has created, right? And then I think too, again, this is this is mainly I'm thinking of Romans 12 verses four and five. There is body language uh, in in the scriptures as well. In that Romans 12 passage, verses 4 and 5, this is what Paul says there. He says, For as in one body we have many members, members mm-hmm. is the word there, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, although many, are one body in Christ, and individually members 
one of another. another, right? And and so I've heard. So when I hear that, I think of becoming when when you have the one becoming uh, part of one another, right? A body of of believers. I've heard that that kind of formality really just erases the intimacy that you can have with with Christ. You Only know? insofar as you might go, <laughs> the formality of marriage just erases, right. you know, the, the intimacy of marriage. Right. That's right. It doesn't. That's right. Yeah. I was just throwing it out oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've heard it. I don't agree with it. <laughs> that may have been the right. non-charitable voice coming out. I'll try to be... Yeah. Um. I think we also see, and I think you brought this up a little bit um, a moment ago, but we see in the Bible that there is um, a, a need for us to know other believers mm-hmm. and also be known by them Absolutely. In, in really practical ways, right? So we're called to, for, for example, like the, the main uh, one another is love one another. Love one another. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I understand that to mean that, yes, I should love the, the brother or sister down the street at the other local church or wherever they are all over the world. Sure. But practically speaking. Yeah, so I would use, you know, I would look at something like Colossians 3. Um, and let me read some of that. It says, uh, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. These can be maybe done with just any Christian you run into, but one, how do you know that they mm-hmm. are without you know having already met them? Mm-hmm. Uh, bearing with one another, mm-hmm. you don't bear with people. Seems like you're doing life. Yep, you're doing them. life. Right. Um, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, you're in closer connection with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and above all else, put on love binds everything together in perfect harmony. So we're talking more harmony among a group that are gonna have the potential of actually having disharmony. Mm-hmm. Um, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spirit. I mean, he's not talking about body. randomly walking down right. the street singing. He's mm-hmm. talking like interacting with one another in a mm-hmm. very worshipful, connected, mm-hmm. meaningful way. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and the last thing there for me... Uh, probably not the last one, but um, at least on my my list of things here, yeah. uh, is just that you see in the Bible also uh, uh, structures of accountability. Right, absolutely. So both both for uh, Christians uh, in general, and then also for for the pastors of and elders of of a local church. So in Ephesians five twenty one, uh, we're called to submit to one another mm-hmm. out of reverence for Christ. In Hebrews thirteen verse seventeen, uh, you have uh, members who are called to submit themselves to to elders as mm-hmm. those who are going to give an account uh, of, the, of their shepherding uh, to God. And so the question is, again, like, who am I to submit to? Am I to su- submit to every Christian all over the world? Sure. Or is like, I mean, is, it, is there a face that I can put with that kind of submission as a pastor? Uh, am I accountable for the believer that I've never, I've never met? You sure. know, am I, am I going to give an account of them before the Lord or those that I have personally right known and shepherded yeah yeah no it's definitely it's it's worth considering that whole accountability is Mm -hmm. is a major component of understanding meaningful membership and and value it has for the entire body yeah okay so at the mount uh we talk about meaningful membership Mm -hmm. why not just membership why meaningful 
membership because uh, membership doesn't mean as much as it used to today. You can mm. be a member at Ingalls, you get a rewards <laughs> card, and there's oh, tons of benefits, right? You get reduced yeah. prices and everything else, but there's no obligation on your part. You're not, yeah, you're not invested. Yeah, you're not sold into it. Um, and that's really the difference when we're talking meaningful membership is it's not just all the benefits you can get. This isn't just like, what are all the pro programs right. this church promises me as I become a member? It's what am I committing to? What, mm -hmm. what part of me do my priorities change because now I'm part of this body? It's a meaningful membership. There's responsibility. We hate the word, but, but ultimately that's really what it is. What is Christ now calling me to do because I've committed to this body? Mm-hmm. Yep, totally agree. I think that's that's right. It's easy to be a member, so not a non-member, right. but a member, and still really in practice be just a consumer, right? An acquaintance, right? So we're not understanding that the Bible has actually given us commands as believers, charges, responsibilities mm -hmm. uh, that we're to execute in the context of of a local church. We might even say that that church membership or being a member of a church is an office. Absolutely. Uh, that the Lord has given to the believer in the scriptures. And so let's move in that direction. Practically speaking, practically speaking, what do we mean by meaningful membership? What do faithful church members do? Uh, they eat together. Um, they tell somebody, you know, they tell their neighbor when they've harmed them. Uh, they handle and receive rebuke and encouragement and correction. Mm. They sing to one another, like we just mm. said. You know, they, 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 they live life together. Mm. Um, and, and so it does get into this idea of more than, you know, just Sunday worship, not trying to, you know, denigrate or push down, you know, the value of coming together for worship on, on Sunday, but it is really a whole week uh, kind of life lived together. Um, it's caring about their needs and not just, you know, not just spiritual ones, but, you know, also their physical needs. So if somebody needs food, if somebody needs clothing, it's the church working together as a local body uh, to meet those needs because we care for one another. Uh, Paul mm -hmm. kind of treats it as, you know, we're supposed to show love and patience and whatever, you know, to, to anyone, mm -hmm. but especially the body of Christ. And he's mm -hmm. meaning then the local body, those people we are actually in connected mm -hmm. relationship with. Yeah. So, yeah. And so when we do our, uh, our meet them out, right. Which is our, just right. our membership class. We, we work folks through, uh, a list of responsibilities, things that we exactly. see in scripture, uh, for the most part that, um, that they would be responsible for as, as members of, of our church. And, uh, so I'll just give you the list here. Sure. sure, sure. Okay. Uh, the first thing that we talk about is just regularly attending corporate worship. Mm hmm Right, that's in the scriptures. That's Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Uh, it says there, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, yep. but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So you're seeing even in the early church, like it was the habit of some not to gather together with the body of Christ. And we're saying, right. no, like if you're going to be a member here, a meaningful member as you should be uh, you're going to be gathering regularly with the church on the Lord's day for corporate worship mm -hmm. yep. the other one is something that we're working on a little bit now which is regularly attending corporate prayer mm -hmm. that's something that I would encourage uh, members of the church to to Absolutely. attend yeah. uh, I think we see 
the basis for this in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, right? Right after Peter's sure. first, uh, you know, gospel sermon there, and, and people have believed and they've come into the church, and it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to, to prayer. prayer. And prayer. Yeah. Right, so they're they're coming together and they're praying together. I think that is a vital aspect of, of being a meaningful member of a local church. The other one, which we um, we can't... I don't know if there's really a chapter and verse for it, but I think it's biblically prudent. Sure. Uh, is regularly attending members' meetings. What do you think about that one? Uh, I think that's reasonable. Again, this gets back yeah. into body life. And, and if, yeah. if you're only ever questions of like, well, you know, how's your job going? Yeah, we can be relational that way. But there comes time when we need to sit down and as a body have mm-hmm. discussions about body matters. What do we do with the resources God has given us? What do we do with bringing in, and this may be, I think this is probably coming up, but, you know, members meetings is a great place where we bring people into the body or mm-hmm. we discuss judgment, discernment of, you know, mm-hmm. hey, this person is not acting out what they've actually testified they believe and what we thought we yeah. were seeing at the time. Right. So that whole aspect of bringing people in and putting people out of the local body, um, also being a, a part of practical, meaningful membership. Yeah, that's right. So regularly attending corporate worship, corporate prayer, members' meetings. Another one is is simply guarding the gospel vitally, mm-hmm. guarding guarding gospel doctrine. And so in a passage like Galatians chapter one, verses six through nine, uh, I'm thinking here also of like a Jude one verse mm-hmm. three, yep. uh, some other places as well. But it's interesting that uh, Paul in the Galatians passage uh, is speaking not to pastors saying, hey, I can't believe that you've allowed this false gospel to come in amongst you and, and prosper even amongst you. He's not saying, hey, pastors, you know, he, he's actually speaking directly to the church. I'm astonished that you, the church, are so quickly deserting the gospel of Christ. And so it seems like he's laying a responsibility upon the members of that church mm-hmm. uh, to be actively preserving the truth of the gospel. That responsibility is laid upon the whole body and not just the, the the leaders of the body. Another one is is affirming gospel citizens, and so this is something that you you mentioned uh, we might could do in a in a members meeting or something like that. Uh, but affirming gospel citizens again, you, uh, Matthew eighteen, First uh, Corinthians five, Revelation two, Jesus even speaking there in Revelation two, laying this responsibility on the church uh, not only to to discipline members who have gone astray from the truth of the gospel or that maybe they've committed some kind of public sin or that they're not repenting of this sin. And so it seems like it's laid upon the church to say, okay, we don't believe that this person's profession of faith is credible anymore. The The positive side of that is it seems like the responsibility then is also laid upon uh, members of a church to say, we actually believe that that person's faith is credible. Right. Yeah. It, it gets back. The, our initial question, maybe coming into this, was yeah. you know when should a person right. become a member? <laughs> and part of it is right. when the local church actually brings them in because That's they can right. seek it. But it is really right. a church. It's a corporate thing. It's not something I can just go. Well, you know, mm-hmm. I put in the application. Therefore, done. I'm a church member. Mm-hmm. It's a body thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. The whole church is saying yes. We believe that you're one of Christ's. Right. Mm-hmm. Another one is discipling gospel citizens. So we're, we're affirming them, but then once they come into the body, we're not just like, hands off, you're on your own, but we're trying to right. actively encourage every single one of our members to be involved in the life of 
every other member yeah. in a way that builds them up in we Christ. all equip each other it's mm-hmm. not that's right right so even in the great commission passage we're encouraged we're encouraged charged commanded commissioned uh to to teach these new disciples that are being made in ephesians four sixteen, the passage we talk about a good bit is mm-hmm. that you know he's given uh pastors and all these kinds of officers in the church for building up the body of christ for edifying them but the the ideal or the goal is that the body would be able to build itself Self. up in love and so Absolutely. again we're wanting to disciple gospel citizens. I think also we're wanting to encourage folks to to see uh, the necessity of participating in gospel service. Uh, this takes us to a Romans 12, 3 through 8. Uh, the three chapters in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14, 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, where the Holy Spirit has given every single member of the church particular gifts, skills, and abilities to be used for building up the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's finding an area of service in the church and, and participating in, in the edification of the body in that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then another one, I think, is sharing the gospel message. Yeah, absolutely. So again, this is just Great Commission. Uh, yes, the church is, is to be fulfilling the Great Commission, but the church, again, is made up of individual believers. Uh, and so every single one of our, our members, we would be asking to, to share the gospel and, of course, trying to equip them to do that well. Yeah. Yeah, it's the one thing to know that you're mm-hmm. you know, part of a body and then, mm-hmm. you know, as you evangelize, you can depend on other. It's another thing completely that I know specific people mm-hmm. who have specific skills and passions that I can, you know, work with and I'm not, it's not all on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The final thing that I would add there is just that uh, you would follow gospel leaders. Right. So not just any leader in the church. Right. But leaders that are being faithful to the gospel, faithful to Christ. I think we see this in the passage like Hebrews 13. Uh, verse 17 again, where you're, you know, uh, you're going to be uh, submitting to these elders uh, in the church. You're going to give an account of, of their soul care for you to God. You right. know, First uh, Peter 5, uh, I believe it's uh, verse 5. He's calling you to subject yourself to the elders. Mm-hmm. But again, not just any elders, but elders who are who are charitable and gracious and, and willingly laying down their lives uh, for your faith in Christ and the, and the upbuilding of that faith. So that's a lot of things, right? But but I think again that that's giving that's a good summary of what meaningful membership should look like, and 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 sure. we we hope and pray and and strive would look like at at the mount. So, having said all that, any final thoughts, brother? Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's really a, a question, you know, why avoid meaningful membership? And and it has a charitable answer. A, a lot of people they fear letting people down mm-hmm. or they fear being let down mm-hmm. and that that's a charitable thing i mean but uh, christ does call us to kind of work past that to trust him mm-hmm. and what he intends to do and he intends to work through those fears and 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 change them uh to where we can trust him more fully the maybe less charitable reason is we don't want to be held accountable um and a lot right. of the time that's that's the danger and so the the call is be accountable to a local body that can make you grow in godliness. Mm. Yep. So along the same lines, for me, the drawback of non-membership or even less than meaningful membership is simply acting contrary to God's way of Mm -hmm. growing you, the Christian, as well as further beautifying his church. There's such blessing to be had in personally and practically identifying with a visible expression of Christ's church in your area. Blessings that only come by being covenanted to an intentionally organized community of believers 
that you know and know you. Mm. Uh, for instance, there's assurance there, yeah. right? When you're affirmed by a body of Christians as having a yeah, credible absolutely. profession of faith, what assurance fills the soul, right? There's also vital soul care that's made available to you. Uh, there's preparation for the activities of glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's real accountability that we've talked about. There's invested family, invested family, and being a part of the people that's really central to God's purpose in the world, what he's doing in the universe. But ultimately and simply, there's just the joy of faithfulness to Jesus. Yeah. Right? There's being for a fractured and fracturing world, a member of a body that testifies to the reconciling grace of Jesus and to the actualized unity mm-hmm. of another world yeah. in the local church. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pleasing him first. Mm-hmm. Him glory. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thanks, brother. Yep. Great.